Come have a zippity doo da day and a big, bright, beautiful tomorrow on the Mousecapades Radio Network. My radio station. My radio station. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee, Christy, and Matt. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 789, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you anywhere in the world. Text Chrissy, Matt, or Mom for a free quote at 636-373-4497. Last week, we casually mentioned things we missed at Disney World. You know, the ride, the attractions, restaurants, store, or deals that Disney World doesn't have anymore, but you wish it was still there. I mentioned something to the effect like, don't even get me started on things that Disney has taken away, like Horizons. I could talk for hours on that. So Vicky texted us and asked us if we wanted to have a show just about that. Um, yes, please. Things that we wish were still at Walt Disney World. So here's how it's going to go. Each of us has chosen, well, we've chosen more than that, but we were supposed to choose five things that we really miss and wish was coming back because that could get out of control. That means 20 things between the four of us. So we're going to rotate around and talk about the things that we miss and tell why we miss it and what it was that we miss about it and on and on, whatever we have to say about that. Now, neither of us, like none of us have discussed this prior to getting together to record. So we hope that the spontaneity of everything is going to be fun, maybe dangerous, but that's what's fun. Um, So I'm gonna start. And this one might be one that you guys all like think of, but it's actually like, you might have different variations of this thing that you miss, but I really thought long and hard about the one that I miss the most. And I think that we got the most use out of as a family. And I miss when the fast pass system was still in Uh. use. And it was really nice when they were transferring between like that sweet spot when there were paper and um, virtual fast passes at the same time, but that was kind of just like a lucky thing. That wasn't something that was supposed to stick. But right when fast passes like got all the kinks out, they had fixed the system. I thought that system was so great. Like you got three in the day. I felt like we picked the rides we really wanted to use them on. And then the other things like we could wait for. And I never felt that the wait was so bad that we weren't willing to wait for the other things that we couldn't use fast passes on. So I thought that system was the most effective, not just for us, but when I talked to other families too, they felt the same if they were using them the right way. So I just missed that system on the whole. One, like you're saying, once the kinks were out and you got familiar with the system, it, it was it was so easy breezy. And then once you got your first three, if you really knew what you were doing, you could just keep getting them and getting them and getting them and getting them. I mean, there'd be days where at the end of the day, we'd have burned through 15 fast passes. And people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, constantly checking, constantly going up, constantly being obsessed about it. It was uh, a lot smoother than 
I don't know. It's, it all has some amount of stress. Like I remember the horrible rope drops for like Midway Mania. <laughs> the tension, like, man, that's like, you think you're going to get into a fight. Like the way the adrenaline's building in you. I don't miss that. Uh. The old paper fast passes were easier to manage with big parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're traveling with 9, 11, 13, 15 people, it was easier just to take take a stack of Key to the Kingdom cards and just whoosh, 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 rather than, I mean, when we, two years ago, when we tried to get Rise of the Resistance times for 11 or 13 people, I can't remember, it was, it was a disaster. We managed, but it was just harder. That was Matt's job, I think he told us. Yeah. Didn't you say you ran with everybody's card and then the lady's like, you can't do that. And he's like, yes, I can. I was just thinking that in my head. She's like, you're you're cutting. And I'm like, this isn't cutting. I'm like, oh, it was so hard not to just go nuts. But I was at Disney, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> it was tense for how happy of a place it is. It's amazing how tense it can get just for stupid things like that. Like that. It was, oh. Yeah. For everybody has to get their money's worth. Everybody's there. Yes. And yeah, it's crowded. The tensions are high. So that I thought that might be a big one to start with, but Chrissy's going to do the next one. My item that I wish was still at Walt Disney World is an attraction. And right off the bat, it may or may not be controversial. <laughs> Extraterrestrial alien encounter. Nice. I wish it were still there. It there's a big gaping hole in Tomorrowland yep. um, that needs to be filled. I loved that attraction. Love it or hate it. You have to admit Tomorrowland needs an overhaul. The last major overhaul was in 1995. Wow. I still catch myself saying new Tomorrowland and it's been 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually older than that. It's older than me, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> But that attraction, love it or hate it, I'm an Eisner girl, love him or hate him. I miss a lot of what he brought to the parks and he saw a need being a teen during the Eisner decades. He wanted to appeal to my generation and he did. The first time I rode, well, you don't ride, but the first time I experienced Alien Encounter, I truly thought that Alien was in that building. I don't know. I, I just, tomorrow, Tomorrowland needs an overhaul, and I would love it if they brought something like that back. That, that experience, let's call it an experience. That experience was awesome. It was terrifying. I remember, it was. Being, I remember being younger, and I was like, wow, this is kind of pushing it for you know Disney World, but that's what Eisner was all about pushing it. Let's be right. experimental. Let's think outside of the box and not just regurgitate IP. Uh, that was a good attraction. Oh, yeah. Oh, the the, the chills on your neck. Yes. And when that when those restraints went down, nothing like it. So what do you wish Disney would bring back? Yeah, so my first thing is not an attraction or anything like that. I think a lot of people took it for granted, but was the Magical Express because that set the precedent for like what was to come on your trip. It was like, get here, we'll take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to stress about your bags. Like you have to plane, get on the boat, get on the bus, head to your resort. It was a simple thing, a small thing, but like it just set a precedent for your vacation that you don't get at most other vacations, at least that I've experienced. So Magical Express, that was my first one. It was on my list too. Yeah. 
I didn't have it as my first, but I'm going to piggyback off that because I wrote something else down. And that was when they got your luggage from the airport and you just got on the Magical Express and went to the resort and your luggage followed later. Right. Magic. <laughs> it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're switching it up. So Matt's going to start this round. He's going to tell us his second thing. Ooh, second thing. I mean, I've got so many. I'm like, you know, I don't want to. None of these are in a specific order, so I'm not going to favoritize them. But oh, uh, the Jungle Juice Slushy that was available in Animal Kingdom at Mahindi. Not very many people have experienced it, but it was next level. I, I don't drink booze, but I could just imagine putting like Citron Vodka or something in this and drinking them all day long. It was just Pog Juice, like frozen. Yum. Pog Juice is amazing. It was like one of the best drinks ever. I could only find it one year. And after that, it was gone. And I, you know, scoured the boards and everyone's like, oh, it's hit or miss. But I haven't seen it since 2017. We never had it. Joey would have made us go broke in that. Oh, it was so good. I'd probably drink like 10 of them one day. I spent like $75 on slushies. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good, though. The place to do it, though. Yes. I won't do it at a movie theater, but I'll do it in Disney. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just the way it is. All right, Chrissy, what's your second thing? Spectrum Magic, or really any nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. but Spectrum Magic, kind of like what Sam the Eagle says, a salute to all nations, but mostly America. A salute to all nighttime parades, but mostly Spectrum Magic. (laughs) Um, In fact, when I was doing my research, I had to find the soundtrack and listen to it because it is the most glorious soundtrack in all... They used to be such a staple for the parks at that evening, that evening parade. It was like, all right, we got fireworks, we got the parade, but then we got the nighttime, we got the nighttime parade. And that, man, talk about something missing. Right. The only thing I can think of is you can't cram as many people in one spot for a parade as you can a castle projection nighttime spectacular. But I really, I mean, Spectre Magic, the music, the, the floats, the character, even the creepy clown characters, you know, the spectro men or whatever they're called. Just everything about that parade just brings back such happy memories. Um, just any any nighttime parade, something is needed. Yes. You know, and I love the fireworks and the castle projections, but you know, you know, Disneyland is getting their night parade back. Yeah. Yes, I that. Why why doesn't Florida? But just bring us that color, what is it? The paint the night parade. Oh, paint the night. She's right. Yeah. Paint the night. That's it. I want that one. We'll take anything. Give us, give us anything. <laughs> right. It could be a lawnmower wrapped with Christmas lights. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe we should start that. Yes. Something. But I mean, I just, when I was making my list, Spectre Magic, you know, I just jotted things down very quickly and that, that was in my top five. Um, and the music just makes me so happy. You, I, I need to hear that music because you have my husband hooked on a song that when we did the favorite Disney songs, each of us picked one. The one that you said you bought a cassette tape and you played it all the way home from your trip that year. Oh, the uh, Remember the Magic? Yes, he plays that after a lot of the shows. That was played at all five of our weddings. I know you told me that. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's our family song. That's okay. It's good to have family songs. Uh, So my second thing is, um, I'm not going to say it's in order, just like Matt said, I just started putting things down. And if we duplicate, then I was going to pick one of the other ones. And so this one is Osborne Family Spectacle Lights. That was amazing. You can visit it in Branson, Missouri, but it still is not the same. 
No. Because it's not on the streets of America. That condensed and like have you like, you know, boxed into that little like, man, that was the coolest Christmas light thing I've ever seen to this day. Well, I loved it. And I loved that there was a nativity scene that was beautifully painted. Um, it was life size and just going around and finding all the hidden Mickeys. And you felt like you're walking down the streets. I felt like I was walking down the streets in New York mm -hmm. and with the lights. I don't know what you guys felt like, but that's what I felt like at that point. I don't think I was trying to think. I guess we had been to New York then, Kaylee. I was trying to think. Yeah, we had at that point. Um, but we, I mean, we just saw the lights in Branson when we were there for Christmas, but I have to tell you, it just loses something for me. It's not, because that's what Joey's like. And this week we'll be visiting the Osborne's Family Spectacle of Lights, now known as Branson Lights. <laughs> or Silver Dollar City Lights, he said something, he was being goofy. But it's just, I don't know, it really did add something special to the parks. Absolutely. Kayla, you are up. Okay, well, my second thing is also from Hollywood Studios, and Nick hates this, but <laughs> it's, uh, I, I miss the great movie ride. Like, I love the Runaway Railway. I think it's cute, but I miss the great movie ride. And Nick always says that it was outdated, but, like, it was, it had classics in it. And I think definitely all the technology needed to be updated and they could have replaced some things and added other things like maybe the the scenes like the western scene and or the like gangster scene maybe could have been changed instead if they wanted to speed the ride up even it could have and then like the parts where you stop like those could have been updated with more modern movies even they could have added more scenes if they were really wanting to flesh it out or like flesh it out a little bit i don't know but that that ride is something i vividly remember from like our first trips and i mean it's sad because I was 12 on our first trip, but I just, I don't have vivid memories of a lot of the earlier trips. That's what I always have to tell myself. Like when we teach our kids at school, I'm like, how much of this life are they going to remember at this age? Because <laughs> I like, I can't even remember Disney World and I was 12 and that was amazing. I'm like, this is just everyday life for them. And so I, I don't know, that ride is just, I like, I get that they needed to move on and move, make something different, but. I think that was more of Hollywood Studios. Now the whole park itself has shifted to something different. So I think Mickey and Minnie fits, but. That ride was like a, it was like a, a ride on movie museum. Yes. You know, that like it showed you, hey, here's the progression of filmmaking. Like, and like you were saying, obviously the parks has strayed away from that vibe. But uh, yeah, that movie, that ride, that, that attraction was phenomenal. And it was nice. It was long. Because you were so much younger. Well, I shouldn't say so much younger than Nick, but you're 15 years younger than, or 16 years younger than Nick. And you appreciate that for what it is. And he, like, he loathes that ride. Like, he's still to this day. We'll talk about how he can't stand that ride. And it just cracks me up. Well, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, I guess museums are outdated then too, because they don't have anything fresh and current in there. It's all a tribute to the past and where we came from and where we are. Yeah, like I think that ride could have been awesome. Like Chrissy said earlier, there was that alien scene in there. Yeah. Even though I knew what that was gonna be, like that was still freaky every time. <laughs> so if they had updated the animatronic technology for yeah, some that of that stuff, <laughs> it would have been a more kind of like intense ride even. For some, and some parts of it would have been more intense for probably older kids. And they probably would enjoy that a little bit. But yeah, that was mine, so. We've all said two things now. We haven't overlapped. I'm kind of surprised so far. Maybe it'll get harder though. 
So Chrissy's going to start with the third round. My, and again, these are in no particular order, Pleasure Island Ooh. as a whole. Pleasure Island was cool. Yeah. Back from my cast member days, Thursday nights at Pleasure Island was where it was at. Cast members got in for free on Thursday nights. Thursday nights were payday. Thursdays were paydays. So those were particularly fun evenings. But I also, th and again, Pleasure Island opened May 1st, 1989, same day as Disney MGM Studios, my favorite theme park. Part of the Eisner era, wanting to give guests something different to do, wanting to keep guests in the Disney bubble. Eisner didn't want to see the guests leaving Disney property to go dine and shop and go to clubs. So he made a whole story and kept people on Disney property. And I just, I enjoy Disney Springs, but I can do all of that shopping here at home and I don't, <laughs> but I couldn't visit Adventurers Club here at home, but I could there. It's really the only place I feel comfortable shopping. And I know that's totally crazy. No, and I do. Believe me, I spend my happy Disney dollars. Oh, and that's another thing I miss. I guess kind of an offshoot. I do miss Disney dollars. Yes. I've got back in my safe. <laughs> but I do miss just kind of the neat little clubs at Pleasure Island. I think is Matt next. So like some of the things I have are like memory related that I have like, you know, emotional connections to. And some things are just things I thought that were awesome. So my next one, I'll go with the original opening ceremony when they would pick the family of the day. The train yes. would come in with all the characters on it. Yes. Outside, jacked up for the day. The song would come on, they'd pick the family, and then your day started. I, I, I hate how they just they bring us all in now so they can people can have more time to buy stuff and get their stupid Starbucks, and then they, you can go off in your corners. I like, we all start from one line and then go. Uh, but like the whole, the family of the day thing I thought was awesome. Always had dreams of being picked for that. We all did. Like, I, just, I thought that was great and a great way to start your day. Okay, so my third thing will be no surprise to you guys and that involves food. Anybody who listens to the show knows my family. That's a huge, that's a huge part. A huge part of the vacation is the yummy food at Disney World. And I miss from Disney, what used to be downtown Disney to Disney Springs, Wolfgang Puck Express. Amazing. It what used your, when, when there were dining points, it was quick service. Good value. Yeah, and it was more like a sit down because they delivered your food to you and they came and filled your drinks for you. I mean, we tipped them obviously, but when we went there the first time and they came to refill our drinks and take our trays and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, I thought this was a quick serve. It was, yes, definitely the most amazing value. And they had a delicious Caesar salad and delicious pizza. And Kaylee and I would each get one and split. I miss, miss, miss it a lot. Can't say I ever ate there. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. And the menu for the, I don't know if any of you have eaten there, you can tell me, but the new Wolfgang Puck, it's not express though. It's the dining and everything. And then they have the bar area. The menu doesn't look as good. Like they don't even have any, some of, or any of the things that I remember that were so tasty at Wolfgang Puck Express. They also had roasted chicken and salmon, sa uh, salmon salad, maybe. I think Brad had one time. Joey loved their homemade mac and cheese. Just, I don't see any of those things on their menu. So sad day. All right, Buggy, third thing. Okay, so my 
my things, I'll go with more like, I don't know, theoret like the, I don't know the best word for this, but they're not like concrete things. I guess this is more of just like an idea of something. I miss like the vibe of Disney World in like 2014 or 13, like the crowd level, the knowledge level of everybody around us on like how to use things, which maybe sounds like rude because it's like people were uninformed. <laughs> um, but I feel like now you have, you have to be well informed to go to the parks. Like it's no longer what Walt originally wanted, which was just, I want to be able to take my family, which I feel like to an extent, what I'm saying is you could have been that fan. Like in 2013, you could be our family where we hardcore planned and we knew what we wanted to do and we planned really far ahead. But you could also still manage to make your trip work and do a lot of things without that. But now, like your trip is almost going to be awful if you don't plan, if you don't have an agent, hint, hint, get one because it will not work if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and yeah, I just missed that. I felt like there was a good balance of like the people who were super planners and wanted to like have it all ready could do their thing. But then the people who were kind of like, it's vacation, we're just going to Disney World could show up and they'd be like, what do you want to do? And they'd be like, there's the famous ride, we're going on that. And like, you could do that. And it was not unreasonable to do that where now you walk in the park and you're like, what do you mean I needed this reservation six months ago? What do you mean I had to get up at 7 a.m. to book this ride? So I just missed the whole idea of what Disney World was like 10 years ago. Yeah, the, the spontaneity is gone uh, that, you know, just showing up and we'll do where the day goes thing. That is so dead, like you're saying. It, it, and I'm laughing and smiling and giggling because you're saying that you missed that. And I missed the Disney of 1997. Where, <laughs> oh, you know, extra magic hours till 1 a.m.? Sure, yes. I'll just kind of just roll on over. Okay. I mean, my mom would literally like, I mean, we had to make dining reserve, but that back then you had maybe a dozen restaurants to choose from to make dining reservations. So she would call at 6 a.m., make dining reservations. And we might've had one or two dining reservations the whole trip, but every minute was not micromanaged like it is now. You kind of just roll with the punches and a park hopper was truly a park hopper. You could like show up at eight in the morning and if you didn't like the wait time of a ride, you 8.20, you just hop on a bus and walk through the gate of another park and ride another ride. Wow, that's crazy. Unreal to me. <laughs> when I was barely in existence. Um, <laughs> true, true. All right, mom. We're on to the fourth thing. We're doing good. So I'm tossing it around and I'm having a hard one, but I'm gonna go with, and this won't be a shock to anybody who knows me, but free dining. So when we went in 2009, we didn't know anything about that. And at the point, I think I told everybody, I didn't know that we would get to go back the next year. We decided to do it in the fall because that was when we still had three week break, or we did, but Kaylee didn't because she was now in middle school. She got one break and we got three weeks anyways. We went for 10 days and I remember booking and I told Brad, I said, this is, we get something like this free dining. We didn't really know about that because we only did two sit down meals. I think two, does that sound right, Kaylee, the first trip? I think. It might've been three, but anyways, it was not a lot. And so, and he's like, what are you talking about? So I read him and he's like, 
that sounds too good to be true. And I said, well, I think we should try it. So sure enough, we did. We tried it, loved it, did that for a couple falls. And then um, we couldn't go in fall because of marching band. So then we moved to Christmas. And lo and behold, if you were there by a certain day, usually 21st of December, if you checked in on the last day, you still got the whole time. Because I remember one time I had to call in and Disney was like, you have 10 day, um, not park hoppers. We have, you're going to stay with us for 10 days and have eight day park hoppers and you have free dining like you hit the jackpot and i believe that that is a thing of the past unfortunately yeah free dining was amazing we, we used to use that at the subsidized bumping up to deluxe resorts that was the only reason i stayed at like the poly and savannah view rooms and uh wilderness lodge was because of free dining i'm like well heck we're saving you know fifteen hundred dollars there we're, we're moving on up like in a Jefferson's. Yeah. And I mean, in the dining plans in general, were, at least we thought they were super convenient. Like, I hate worrying about, oh, I got a budget for how much, oh, I got to bring an extra this for food, that for food, connect my cards. I just wanted to hit my band, tip them, peace out. Oh, it was very <laughs> convenient. And that is why I have the Disney Chase Visa. Just throwing it out there to anybody. I don't get any commission from that. But one of my friends hooked me on that and I pay all my bills except for my house payment because they won't let me on my Chase Visa. I have Kaylee doing the same thing now so she can build her credit and then we earn, we pay it off weekly like you would a debit card. Well, debit card does itself. But on Fridays or in the middle of the week, I make sure it's paid on Friday. So we don't ever do what we did when we were first married and rack up the charge. <laughs> and so um, we typically have over a thousand dollars when we go to a trip, which is nice. And we use that for the food and the souvenirs. We don't get as many souvenirs as we used to, obviously, because we go so much, but. No. All right, it's Matt's turn. All right, uh, so this one, it's, I don't know how to phrase it, but the creative originality is something I desperately miss. Like, you know, creating new, fantastic, magical attractions that push the limits of Imagineering is the way of the dinosaurs they just oh that movie streamed well maybe we should build an attraction like that's weak that's weak thinking like imagineers need to have their power back i, I want to say the last thing that was original originally created was uh was it like big thunder i mean a long time ago extraterrestrial alien encounter there you go <laughs> We need that spirit back. And that adds right. to the vibe of the back in the day. Like, again, I'm an Eisner fan too, Chrissy. Like, things were new. They were pushing boundaries. Oh, let's try this. Let's try that. You know, MGM Studios, D Disneyland Paris, which at first was horrible. Uh, they were pushing the boundaries. Now, they don't. I don't feel that there's any creativity. It's just regurgitation. And that drives me nuts. Like, everyone's like, oh, Encanto ride. I'm like, I don't want Encanto land. I don't want a Coco land. Like, let's <laughs> create something new, please. You can do it. Like, I know they can do it. <laughs> Which kind of leads into my fourth and kind of fifth items. My fourth item, and I yap about it all the time. I probably mention it on every podcast episode that I'm on is Horizons. Yes. I, I mention old school Epcot. Horizons, 
and I want to say either Horizons and or my next one, they brought Imagineers out of retirement to work on, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, um, because it was kind of the vision, like looking in the past and the future at the same time. But, you know, because Epcot didn't quite go with Walt's original vision, but Horizons kind of brought what could have been like kind of a city of the future, like it was the first attraction that let you kind of choose your own adventure, you know, whether it was living at this under the sea or living in the desert or living um, in outer space. To this day, I know at one time soaring smelled like orange groves, but really when I smell orange groves, I am always taken back to horizons. I know good things came out of destroying the original Epcot attractions. I've ridden Mission Space. It's okay, but I don't know. I love Horizons. Yeah, I vaguely remember Horizons. I know I've been there plenty of times when it was still in existence, but... It's kind of a nod to Carousel of Progress. Yeah. I remember the different places you could go, the desert scene. I remember, I vaguely remember that kind of stuff, but I don't have like that. So many people are like, oh, you remember Horizons? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> just, just YouTube it. It does my old nerdy heart good. My old Imagineering nerdy heart good. I wish I could have ridden it. <laughs> you were not born. <laughs> I was not a thing yet. Dang. Um, so my fourth thing is kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a downer. <laughs> but it's still like important, I guess. But when I think about the characters on the whole, like the face characters and the non-face characters, I feel like so much has to go into their costumes now because we can't offend or we have to think so far into like the minds of people who will like try to hurt cast members like it has to be about protecting these people rather than like what is the best way we can showcase this character because they like people are so horrible like I miss when now maybe that's like an ignorant thing to say meaning like almost innocent like people were always like that they're just now handling it better um maybe that's true too but it just makes me sad that princesses can't wear the things that actually look more like what they are designed to wear in their films. Like things don't match as well because they have to think like, well, we have to protect that human's um, rights. And please don't hear me wrong. Like it's not that Disney was ever making them wear something that was like clubbish or like they worked at Hooters and they were signing up to do that. It's not what it is. It's like they're worried that somebody is going to exploit a cast member. So they have to think like, we have to make this costume safe for them. And I think when I was thinking on that, it just makes me sad because even thinking how the costumes have changed when I look at pictures just from when we started going, it's kind of sad because I feel like they lack detail. They're not as pretty looking anymore because they're more worried about them being safe for the cast members but that also means they have to be like well they're in florida heat so the the, the material has to be breathable but that might mean it we have to give in on some of the look and the i don't know i feel like it's getting into a tedious conversation i'm rambling but <laughs> on the other side of things the non-face characters i am glad that i think there's more care for them now 
than there used to be. Like people who are in costumes, like there's more breaks for them now. People know how to handle that in the heat way better than I think it was back in the day. So that's a good thing. That was something bouncing around. That's really far out there. Nothing to do with an attraction, but I just thought it was interesting when I was looking at pictures and comparing in trips and things. I'll finally, let's finally do an attraction. I'm going to do Snow White Scary Adventure. Ooh. Oh. Snow White gets no love in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and they just re and they replaced it with a, a horrible meet and greet, which I get it. You know, the kids love the meet and greets, but like, I'm sorry, I'm not waiting in any crazy line to meet someone. Like, it's not happening. And they replaced, that's what replaced an awesome dark ride. Like, one of the few dark rides we had, uh, it was just so. Uh, and I know it wasn't the original iteration of it. They had made it less scary than the original opening day one, but uh, that ride was awesome. Like, I love, we love the Snow White movies and she just doesn't get much love. And it seems like those classic characters are just like getting swept, swept to the side. Like when I think of Disney, I think of Jiminy Cricket. That's like yes. one of the first few things I think of his voice, Wish Upon a Star. That's like, where'd that go? That was like the anthem of Disney. That voice, that feeling like, you're pushing it away for easy grabs. I don't like that. Especially being a creative yeah. person, it, it drives me nuts. I'm like, come on, I can think of better ideas than that. I agree. Like, I don't, it's funny you say that because I don't think of Jiminy, that's not the first thing I think of, but when I hear Jiminy Cricket, like, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. I am educated. I know who <laughs> Disney, like, I know who the Disney, like, royalty are. Like, the Kiss Goodnight was always Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. She's Disney-cated. Yes. Such, oh. Kids today would probably have no idea who that is. Right. Kids. Kids these days, I tell you. My last thing is I miss the standard of have a magical day. Mm. We hear, we've heard that less and less every time we go, and now I almost we almost never hear it. You know what they said a lot this time was, it's, it's my pleasure, like Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it was almost like Chick-fil-A. That's so generic. That's, ugh. But I miss like when the standard was have a magical day. Like it's not hard to say, no. but it like is just so different because you can't say that like anywhere else. I say it at school all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah, you don't count. <laughs> but that's just like if everybody's saying that, if kind of like Chick-fil-A's thing is my pleasure and everybody knows that that's their thing. Like that was Disney's thing. And then it faded out just so naturally. But it's sad to me that that's not the standard anymore. Okay, Christy, see if you take mine. Oh, probably not because it's another old school Epcot. Okay. And it, it kind of goes hand in hand with Horizons World of Motion. Mm. I, I like Test Track, which is what it replaced. Um, but World of Motion had that old school Imagineer. They brought a couple of Imagineers out of retirement. That old, I don't know, there's just something when I see the pictures of that old attraction and how the Omnimover cars, you you loaded them outside. It was half outside, half inside. I don't know. I just, it's old school Epcot and it takes me back to being like, you know, 10 years old again and seeing Spaceship Earth at night and just something magical about thinking it's the future, but also honoring the past. It just makes me hope that Spaceship Earth never change like never changes drastically like i know it'll be updated and but i just hope spaceship earth never loses what makes spaceship earth unique it's those like those like scene based animatronic based rides that, 
draw you into the scene, multifaceted. You understand it, it's complete picture, move on to the next. Right. They have, that's like an old thing from like sign painting. Like when a car drives by you, you only have like three seconds to read what's on it. So if you make it simple and easy to read, it's easier for your mind to digest it. And that's what they were masters at. So like when you, you know, in Spaceship Earth, you're coming through where the Phoenicians are, you understand, hey, oh, that's how it happened. Sweet, thanks Phoenicians. Right. Next, you know, and on to the next, like. Ugh. Yeah, you're taking it all in. Yes. Even down to the smell, you know, of Rome burning. But it just, all of those, like Spaceship Earth encapsulates everything that reminds me of Epcot from 1982 and 83. And I just hope, I hope it changes. Like, I hope that it keeps improving, but I hope it doesn't change because it's everything that I love about Horizons and World of Motion and all of those old school attractions that I've listed. And what, Kaylee Black, was the first thing you said on Spaceship Earth? I said, this is my ancient Civ class in a ride. (laughs) It's the best ride. And no, I liked it. I was mad. I was like, they're making me take a class for a whole year and I could (laughs) have just rode this? (laughs) I was so angry. Uh, Yeah, and like, I remember all this stuff. It, It was funny that that was like the same year I learned most of that stuff was the first year we went. So then I was riding and I'm like, why don't they just show us this YouTube video in class? Like, I would pay attention. I was so upset. It was hilarious. Was it on here the other day when somebody said if, it might have been at school, when somebody says if Lin-Manuel Miranda would just write history in a musical, kids would learn more because they all know the words in the song and they know like such detail from ha- about Hamilton and everything right. involved with it. And, um, they said they really need, he really needs to get on top of that. It would be a whole new <laughs> education process for kids. Yeah. And that would be awesome because it would also be tying in music, which is very important. I mean, we we pretty much preach that in our home, but um, because it's so good for your brain, it's just, it's just all around good. It makes things better. So I'm torn with my two, my last one, but I'm going to go with, because I talked about one, the, the I think a week ago. So I'm going to talk about, and I... This is beating a dead horse, kind of like Horizons for Chrissy. I miss the animators area in Hollywood Studios. Not only was it an air-conditioned place, but I loved, loved, loved watching the Imagineers drawing movies that they were working on. So cool. And they were so friendly. Like, you know, sometimes when you bother somebody at work, they're like, you know, they look up, they're like, why are these people looking at me? But they were excited to show their works. They like, they were happy that we were looking and then bonus you got to get your picture with Fantasia Mickey and then at that time there was a space always for the Incredibles somebody in the Incredibles was always out there taking a picture and then they would rotate out everybody else I know we did Wreck-It Ralph but what was another new movie that they had unique ones too like Mickey was back there but we got Pocahontas and the the mayor from Pocahontas and we got Nico the raccoon yeah like they had really random ones back there we got to see Lotso before Toy Story 4 came out, or Toy Story 2. Three. Three. Well, I remember way back when we took the tour and we saw them working on Pocahontas. It just, oh my gosh, that was classic Disney to me. That made me 
Right. So glad for what Walt had created. I don't know. I'm so sentimental about that stuff. You think I was friends with Walt and I didn't ever meet him. He died before I was born. But um, just the way that he was able to make that connection, even being gone, he had already passed and I'm still connected to him or I feel connected to him like I did know him personally. And a lot of people can't do that. So. No, and it made like the animation it made it real, it made it real life for people who have never seen how that works or never been around an animator. It, it brought the person to the art form, you know, and the art form to the person, essentially. And and I get what you say about Walt, like we call him Uncle Walt. I, you know, I love, I genuinely love a man I will never know. Right. And it's all through these emotional experiences that he's brought to me and my family. So I don't know if you guys saw on Facebook, but because Nick's posted this several times, but he just posted it again at Christmas time. Um, the picture of his dad when he was a small child and he got right. to meet Walt. The holy grail of nerd fandom right there. Like, yes. That's amazing. And his dad remembers it too, because he's talked to us about it, but just, wow. How cool would that have been? Very, very cool. So is there anything you guys definitely wanted on this episode that we did not talk about? Because I talk, there's tons of things I could talk about. Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad. I never got to ride Mr. Toad, but I did get to sit in his little ride in the um, the trend store co-op. Oh, the trendy store? Oh, you got to sit in the ride vehicle? And so did Grandma. Mm. Ah. 98 is when that went bye-bye. It was a good dark ride. Like, I like dark rides. And we have so few of them. I'll enjoy it at Disneyland this year. Right, right. So jealous. We can give a ride report. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go down between those two so I can say that I beat one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that you uh, found this episode entertaining, educational, maybe even enlightening. Uh, we would love to hear what you would like to bring back or what has changed that you didn't care for that you wish was different. Just feel free to text me at 636-373-4497 and you can tell us all about it and I will share it on the show. Real quick before Kaylee starts closing us out, I want to give a shout out to Gracie. I don't know if you knew that Kaylee, but Gracie is now a Mousecapades listener and she's pretty excited about it. She's like, she's like, I really like it. I, I heard you and Miss Black. So. Well, hi, Gracie. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us. And a few final reminders before we sign off. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can text us at 636-373-4497. If you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, text Chrissy, Matt, or mom at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com or our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcasts. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show when we dish all the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. Well, gang, I think it is about that time. Disney love. And pixie dust. Hurry back. Have a magical day, my friends. It's time to I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse.